We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur a financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron. Hey, we're Anna and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to be talking about our relationships with the opposite sex, part two. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over a decade. And so far, we have four young children. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over seven years through blogging and social media. With the desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe that Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us on this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. Hey guys, thanks for joining us uh, on this uh, awesome week of the Marriage After God podcast. This is part two of a small series that we ended up doing because uh, we just had so much to share on this topic about our friendships with the opposite sex. And so if you didn't catch that first half, we want to encourage you to pause and go listen to that right now. Uh, if you already listened to it last week and you're joining us for the second part, we just hope that you really enjoy it and that you uh, just consider all the things that we we bring up and the the questions that we answer from you. Yeah, so uh, we're about to enter into the second half of our topic on re- boundaries and relationships with the opposite sex. Enjoy. Yeah. I would say this. I, I don't feel like I'm missing out by not um, having a best friend that's a guy or mm-hmm. or, you know, having relationships with the opposite sex in that way. And I'll ask you, do you have enough energy to deal with another guy's issues? No, no. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but I will say this. I have that, enough issues as it is <laughs> for you to deal with. Right. Um, I just want to touch on the fact that we still engage with the opposite sex, but here's how we do it. And this is I been, close my eyes. I put my hands over my ears. I run away and scream. No, that's not what I do. <laughs> no, but I was going to say we've built these these habits over the years and it gives us the freedom to know where we stand in our marriage and with other relationships. Um, We have conversations at church or the store or when friends are coming over for dinner. Um, So Aaron, let's talk about some of our boundaries and what we've created over the years to help protect our marriage. Um, I, we definitely to the best of our abilities and what we can control, try not to be in, privacy ever with the opposite sex not a a house a car Mm -hmm. yeah um that like so if i'm standing in the grocery line and the girl behind me says oh your your kids are cute i'm I'm gonna say oh thank you like (laughs) i talk to her like there's i'm in public i'm not gonna flirt with her which some guys naturally struggle with a flirtatious spirit Mm -hmm. and should pray about that if they are 
you know, saying, you know, fun jokes to get them to laugh at them and drawing them in with emotional words or anything like that, that needs to be addressed, but that's not what I do. It's, it's very, it's gentle, cordial, yeah, uh, uh, loving, um, courteous, mm-hmm. uh, but not, um, deep, mm-hmm. not relational, uh, right. it more than they're a stranger. And I'm like, I'm being nice. Right. You know? So what happens when we're friend, our friends mm-hmm. are over and there's a deep conversation happening What's like our go-to? Well, it's usually both of us together. We're both communicating back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in those situations, sometimes it gets, I'm going to be talking to the woman, the wife or and the husband and back and forth, but you're going to be doing the same. And, Mm -hmm. but even then I try and be, if I'm going to be like exhorting, Mm -hmm. I usually am very careful how I would do that to a woman. Right. Much different than how I would do it to the husband. So, um, you'll either draw me into the conversation or direct that person to me. And so there's this, there's, there's this engagement between you and me where we just know, right. Or or sometimes I'll see you talking to someone and I'll come up, you know, at church or whatever, and I'll come up and stand next to you just for that. To participate. Yeah. Support, participation, presence, um, and vice versa. Um, when it comes to text messages or emails or social media, anything like that, we'll, um, CC each other on it so that we're, yeah. we're seeing the conversation. We're seeing what's happening. Yeah. If, if, um, first of all, if we have, we have tons of friends, married friends. Um, I almost never text the wife. If, if I am, You'll it's ask gonna, me too. yeah, I'll ask Jennifer yeah. too. Hey, can you text so-and-so and let them know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if I do, it's with her and her husband, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's one of the things that we do. Um, uh, something, and, and this may be extreme to some, but recently, we, well, we had another one of those awkward conversations. There was people I was following. I was following some some ladies, not like um, like risque, like just friends, people that we know. And I was following these these girls in my accounts, and you were asking me about them, and um, and I just I kind of got to my point. I was like, why am I even like all the women that I was following? You follow, mm-hmm. and you get the updates from them, and I don't need those updates. And so I came to the conclusion in my life, I, I literally went through all of my Facebook and all of my Instagram and unfollowed every single woman I know, <laughs> minus some family. Like I have some, of course, I have some like cousins and stuff that I follow. Yeah. That, that's it. Like I don't, I, I get friend requests every single day from wives that follow us on, you know, Instagram, on our public pages. Um, but on my personal pages, I don't follow any of them because it's, to, to be honest, I, I have no, you can't give me a reason why I should Mm. not like not one valuable, important reason. If I'm friends with them and their husband, I follow their husband Yeah, and they don't post nearly as much as (laughs) their wives do, but that's a good thing. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just that that's something I do. I don't, I don't have any, that was, that was something that the Lord convicted me on. Again, is there anything in my life that God doesn't have access to? And I felt I don't need to, there's not a single reason that I need to follow any of those. So I, I just, I, I don't get, I don't see people's posts. I don't see them posting about their, you know, emotional stuff that they're going through or mm-hmm. uh, intimate details about their life or any of that stuff. I don't see it, any of it. Uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up quickly is just um, the aspect of babysitters, especially for families that, you mm-hmm. know, they have kids and there's uh, that exchange of like communication. Um, yeah. I'm the one who, uh, we'll reach out and communicate with our babysitters and as much as possible, try and be home for when they get there. I think there's maybe been twice that I wasn't available. And I leave. And you leave right away. <laughs> yeah, I go. So um, just making sure that 
because these are young girls that are babysitting for us. And so just making sure that, you know, they feel comfortable and we yeah. set that boundary. So is there anything else that you can think of as far as what we've kind of set? Question later, but uh, when I'm, there's, there's situations with people, you know, outside of our relational circles that, so like when I go to the doctors, which is rare, I hate going to the doctors, but when I go, um, and it's a female doctor, they often come in, they shut the door and it's just, it's just us. And it's super uncomfortable, but something that I've gotten in the practice of doing, I literally ask them every single time. And this is where I was going to tell you the, the funny stories where they kind of like get shocked and mm. weirded out. Uh, so the, the nurse is in there getting all my information. I'm like, Hey, can you just open the door? And she's like, what? <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I just, can you open the door? And she's like, uh, why? <laughs> like, uh, I just, it's something I do. I, I try not to be in a room, you know, with a girl alone. And I think like, the, door, wrong with him? the door will just help me. And he's, she's like, okay. And like, open the door and then like walk out. And then the doctor came in and shut the door. And I'm like, Hey, can you, I had to do it again. I'm like, so Hey, funny. can you open the door? And she's like, why? <laughs> I'm like, uh, we just, I don't like to be in a room alone with a girl. And so, you know what it does is. I feel if like the media would blast you for that. They would. They, well, they make it out to be like, I'm some sort of like, I need to be protected or I need mm. to be like, I'm, I'm. You're one in a million, babe. And I'm, and I'm just saying like, I want to just be able to say like, no, I, it's, uh, I don't care the door is open. You're going to talk to me. I'm not going to hide anything, but I, I don't feel comfortable in the room alone. And it's something that we deal for in as many situations as we possibly can control. Okay, now I feel really bad because as you're talking, I'm realizing that I um, I don't like the chiropractor and I've never gone. I went once when I was pregnant with uh, Wyatt, I think. But that was to a female. And then this last time I got recommended to a male. And I didn't under I didn't know how the practice was set up or anything like that. And so I'm waiting in the the waiting room. And I don't know why, but I assumed that there, because I couldn't see how big the place was, um, that there was more people there. And, and it was just him and I, and I'm just realizing that right now. Hmm. It was a short, about next time. yeah, it was a short little thing. And I ended up not even using that practice, but sorry. <laughs> so another thing I think of we've, um, in the past enjoyed going and getting massages and I personally don't like a man massaging me. So I would always have a female and then I've, Finally, and it was, we had, I don't think we've ever had a couple's, oh, we had, we've had a couple's massage one time. Oh yeah. Um, that was for our honeymoon a long yeah. time ago. That's a funny story. Um, but I, I got convicted and I was like, you know, I'm, and massages are like pretty intimate. Like I know that they're not trying to be intimate, but like it is like I have a female massaging me and I got convicted. I was like, I'm not, first of all, I'm not going to have a man do it. And, and I'm not, and now I don't want a woman doing it. So I've, When's the last time I've gone to the, get a massage? I, when you said you sometimes get a massage, I was thinking you never do. No, I, we used to. Yeah. And it's been years because I was like, I'm just, I just decided not to. Hmm. And everyone's going to ask you to do it. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that one. I didn't know that was the thing. No. Well, I, I just thought to myself, I was like, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't need to. It'll save me money. That's a good thing. I was going to say, so you, you, I was going to say we should book a couple's massage then. <laughs> I've mentioned it a couple of times because I, I would totally do that. Okay. Like you'd be with me in the, in the room. Um, so that's just, there's, there's things that, and if you're listening, you're thinking like, man, there's, you have all these like rules and I, it's not a rules. It's, it's a, it's a way of thinking that my wife and I have decided we're going to just it's honor. We're going <laughs> to honor each other. Yeah. We just talked about this in yeah, the beginning of the it's beautiful. episode. And what happens is when you think that way, it just starts trickling into like lots of little decisions. Yeah. And it doesn't, but it's not like this strict rule that you are burdened by. It's just, it oh. becomes your habit in nature. Like it just, it just is what we do. 
something that I was going to mention earlier is that by living this way, I've gained even more respect and and honor for you as my husband and and leading us in this way. And I just want to encourage, you know, all the spouses out there who maybe their spouse isn't um, at this place yet mm-hmm. and just remind everyone that it's a growing process, that we didn't just show up to our marriage with, you know, th- this way of being and understand it fully and walk in it perfectly. Right. We are, we're, we're, we're walking this out day by day. Well, and I would encourage the spouse that does think this way to make sure that they're walking the way they would desire their spouse to walk. Yeah. And be praying for them. Yeah. And be praying for them. Yeah. Because it's, it's hard. Like if you don't want your husband being a certain way, but you have your own like relationships that you're totally fine with because you know that they're up on the up and up. Yeah. And you think, well, like, no, mine's different. Like if you think that way, it'll never, you'll never influence your spouse. Right. So um, talking about influencing your spouse, one of the ways that we have grown in all of this is by talking about it. When situations or scenarios come up that make us feel uncomfortable, we talk about it. Uh, we get on the same page about how to approach it. So mm-hmm. we don't just end the conversation with, I feel this way, period. It's a, okay, now what? And how do we navigate this and, and be unified in it? Um, and yeah, and uh, a note on those conversations is if we come in with uh, suspicions and mm-hmm. predetermined motives, like, oh, you you were doing this because of this or- oh, I've totally been flared up by jealousy and yep. irrational thoughts that made me believe something about you that wasn't true. And uh, I've responded that way. And so I think- to make this a free flowing conversation that we're, we're both saying we're going to continue to talk about these things as they come up to know that we're on the same page about talking Mm -hmm. about them and learning and figuring it out as we go, rather than allowing those jealousies and misinterpretations and and motive casting and, and trying to, you know, build a narrative that may not exist. Um, and so that we can healthily and openly objectively talk about them. That's what, What are we doing? What is this? Like, do you think this was, a, do you think this was an, a wise mm-hmm. decision? Do you think, you know, what kind of image does this show to outsiders? Because mm-hmm. again, this is all going back to we're light and salt. We have a ministry as a couple. Our marriage represents the gospel. So does it, it are we tainting that in any way mm-hmm. by doing these things? That's all really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so earlier I mentioned how I've gained respect for you and for our marriage because of this and the way that we're living it out um and so i just want to encourage those listening that when you and your spouse do this hey marriage after god family jennifer and i have been parents for over six years now and we have our fifth child on the way but that by no means makes us experts i don't know about you but there are many days where i literally feel like i have no idea what i'm doing but the one thing i'm sure of is that it is my wife's and my responsibility to raise our kids to know god and his word especially in the world we live in today that is why it is so important that we reach out for help from other godly christian parents when we need it and sometimes we may just need some friendly reminders and encouragement with that being said we want to introduce you to our good friends isaac and angie tulpin from the courageous parenting podcast they're offering our listeners a completely free parenting workshop where you will learn six keys to equipping confident christian kids for an uncertain world isaac and angie tulpin have eight kids ranging from young adult to toddler and have been married for over 20 years and they've been our close and personal friends for over five years. Please take a moment today and register for their free workshop at CourageousParenting.com. Now, please enjoy the rest of this episode uninterrupted. So when you respond to a situation with the opposite sex, when you adhere to those boundaries that you previously talked about, it builds and forms trust. And trust is huge in marriage. Yeah, and security. 
Like it, so the the more we we think this way and just and just desire uh, purity mm-hmm. and desire honor and that word like that. My goal is is to make sure that my wife never has a doubt in her mm-hmm. mind about my faithfulness to her. Mm-hmm. Um, that she she not not even about my faithfulness, but that she's also knows that I'm being wise and protecting myself. Do the same thing outside harm mm-hmm. someone. Uh, coming on to me, someone taking advantage of a situation, someone saying something about me that's not true. So like these, these are the other, that's the other side of it. You know, are we walking in dangerous situations, you know, emotionally, relationally? Mm -hmm. So uh, I polled my audience uh, a couple weeks ago. They're not just your audience. I polled our audience (laughs) um, about questions that they might have around this, Mm -hmm. this topic. So I thought I would go through you know, several of these questions and we'll just throw out quick answers on them. Uh, some of them we probably already answered in our Hopefully good answers. discourse, but <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first one, how do I navigate close friendships with brothers and sisters in the body of Christ of the opposite sex? Uh, so I guess my first answer with, to this, and I, th- I believe it's in uh, Timothy and it talks about how we're to treat uh, men as brothers, women as sisters in all purity. Mm-hmm. And so, the way we deal with brothers and sisters in the body of Christ is we make sure that they're, we, we are not putting them in an improper situation. Mm-hmm. We, we desire their honor. Mm-hmm. Um, the, to, to, you know, just because I'm single, just because she's single doesn't mean that we should now be alone and have this image. No, I, I can still totally respect her honor and be like, Hey, like, let me get, you, you need prayer right now. Oh, I'm going to be praying for you, but this, this sister over here, she, she would love to pray for you and bring her over and like, let's pray together. Yeah. Like let's, you know, like showing them like that I honor Mm -hmm. their purity and that I honor their character and Mm -hmm. that the way people look at them and that there's not going to be any inkling of anything weird. And then I'm not going to accidentally emotionally draw them in Mm -hmm. because that could totally happen. Um, But just honoring our brothers and sisters as Brothers and sisters. And this isn't just for singles. This is for anybody, right? Right. So I would tack on to that. um, As you're evaluating how to treat these uh, relationships of the opposite sex, it's not just about how you're talking to them, which I would include like, are you um, coarse joking? Are you trying? Yeah. Are you saying things to try and get a certain response out of someone, or are you looking for that emotional connection? But also physical. You know, are you touching their arm in a specific way that you that makes you feel good, or wants to make them feel good that you know you shouldn't be doing? Are you walking behind them and massaging their shoulders two times, letting them know your presence Mm -hmm. when you shouldn't be doing that? Mm -hmm. And this goes for both men and women. Yeah, those are the things that come to my mind. Sometimes some people just naturally are touchy. Mm-hmm. And but we, we need to be aware of that, yeah. And say, well, I, I am naturally touchy, and that's something that's good for my spouse and for other. It's a privilege. Women or for other your men. It's a privilege. <laughs> and th- this is what I was going to get to: is that are we are we teaching our brothers and sisters in Christ who are not our spouse mm-hmm. how to honor our spouse, mm-hmm. how to honor us, and are we showing them honor and say, hey, you know, I really appreciate this. I think um, I would love it if my spouse, my wife, was here with this conversation, mm-hmm. or I, showing them that there's a deep. Yeah. respect that I require from them yeah. toward my spouse That's and good. vice versa. Okay. The next one is how do I make boundaries and tell opposite sex? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I go bold or go home. <laughs> well, I think, I think we get afraid sometimes of like hurting people's feelings, but I think, I think we, there's a way with grace and pa- and patience and gentleness to, to tell someone like, Hey, I just really think this is inappropriate. 
Yeah, and, and be <laughs> understanding. Like, explain to them why and you if, believe and that. And you know what? If they get their feelings hurt, you just trust the Holy Spirit to work in them. Yeah. And you say, hey, I'm sorry that I, I, I'm not intending to hurt your feelings. I just, this is what I feel. Yeah. And this is what I think is right. Mm-hmm. And this is would be honorable. And I don't want my wife to to think that I'm doing anything inappropriate or your spouse to think that anything inappropriate is happening. Yeah. So I, I think just... Just saying it with mm-hmm. with grace, with mercy, with understanding. Now, I will say this. I think it's harder to say something when the boundary is unclear. So mm-hmm. the more you you yourself and your spouse understand what the boundaries are, mm-hmm. um, and unless you're willing to make them, then it's always going to be hard to say something because you won't, you'll be struggling the whole time with whether right. it's appropriate or not instead of just knowing. So yeah. that shows you just the importance of communicating with your spouse and being on the same page. And let's be careful not to mask inappropriate behavior with ministry. Like, oh, I just, they, they needed prayer in that moment, or I was just trying to counsel them. And mm-hmm. uh, these things can be very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with trusting that the Holy Spirit may not need to use you mm-hmm. and so, in that situation. So this is interesting. Somebody ended up um, Instagram messaging me because you polled the audience and she just, she wanted to come to me with the question, which I thought was honorable. <laughs> it was awesome. But um, she was wondering about if you're in leadership in a church and you're required, say the worship team or something like that, and you're required, you have people under you that are of the opposite sex and you're required to meet with them. How would you approach that? Again, with visibility. Yeah. If that was your job, you do it publicly. Out in the open. Or we you have a friend a... that would bring a family member. Yeah. Or you, yeah, you bring a, a someone of the same sex into this conversation yeah. with you, so that there's multiple people there, and that, and that again shows respect to the person, yeah, and to your spouse. Okay, cool. We need to move on. So, um, at what point do you stop trying to help the opposite gender's problems? So, uh, let's imagine um, there's a woman in our church that keeps coming to me for whatever reason thinks that I might be able to help her. I, I spoke on something and she was just encouraged by it and keeps coming to me like, Hey, but what about this? You know, this situation's come up. <laughs> Unless we think that we're the only one capable of doing what God wants to do in that person's life. Right. Which is usually the situation, but I don't help. Who's going to help if I don't do this thing? Who's, am I going to not love her? Am I not being Christian enough? There's so many other things to be considering. Like, are you the person to help her mm-hmm. or, or him? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, would it not be the right thing to teach them, give them understanding and say, hey, I really want, let's figure this out. Let's find someone that can help you with this. Yeah. Let's bring someone in this conversation that I think will relate to you, mm-hmm. will understand. And it's a woman. And here's my wife. And I'm going to go to my wife and say, hey, I know you, you're in a minute. Will you be able to come talk to this person? We'd love some prayer. And they, they have some some things that need encouraging. I think we need to be realistic on how emotional connectedness works because the moment yeah. someone comes to you with a problem or a concern or needs comfort because they're just in an emotional state and they're sad and they're crying mm-hmm. and they- and It's valid and, and, and they need it. And you're, you're the only person standing there and you want it. You have this desire to comfort them, but you also know that you probably shouldn't be. Oh, it can happen so quickly that mm-hmm. that emotional transaction um, and that it, it's intimate. Yeah. And so we need to be guarded. We need to be careful and we need to be strong enough to say, I I understand you and where you're at right now. And I want to guide you there. And we have to remember that ultimately the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to do the, the comforting. Yeah. And so if they get 
offended and angry because you want to rightly like, Hey, can we fit? Let's find someone that can like be with you right now. And it can't be me. Then their heart is so not in the right place in the first place. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I, again, these need to be worked out in, in, in prayer and, and in the spirit and in, in conversation with your spouse. Um, okay. So here's another question. Um, uh, we we, we kind of answer this. What about going to counseling or the doctors of the opposite sex? Again, what I do is I ask them to keep the door open. Like I may not be able to be with other people in the room, but I can at least have the door open. And, and so when people are like, people know that they can hear and it's visible and it's, yeah, it's less private. And I, I, I would add on to this that there may be situations where it happens. And I would say when you're dealing with a professional, you know, I, I don't know if there's more, I don't know if you would agree with me on this, that there's more. Um, spiritual discernment. Yeah. Because I, I'm just saying, like, I don't know if I would feel comfortable with you spending, like, let's say we were doing counseling. Sure. If you were just spending hours with a, mm. a guy counselor by yourself. Uh, that's just me personally. So yeah. Uh, Good thing to talk about with yeah. your spouse. Um, okay. So uh, what about this question? Um, what if your spouse does not have the same standards of boundaries or understanding that you do? Which we kind of already mentioned. My thing is you got to have a heart of prayer for your spouse. you got to right. be so devoted to them that you um, that you plead for God to move in their hearts. And again, be willing to make sure you not don't have your own double standard. Right. That you don't like what they're doing, but what you're doing is totally fine because of this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're walking in the standard that you desire yeah. yourself so that they see it. When messaging opposite sex, should you, would you always include spouse in the chat? Why? As much as I possibly can, I do. Yeah. Um, and speaking of chat, another thing I want to talk about from earlier, we talked about boundaries. We have our large social media platforms. Lots of women follow me. Lots of men follow me. This isn't the same as my personal accounts that I've removed <laughs> women, but we have, I have lots of women. You have lots of men that follow you. And I get messages, private messages all the time from women. And I don't respond to them. All I'll do at most is like, like a comment. Like, oh, thanks for mentioning it. Because people say that like they'll they mention something about, about our books or something like that. So, um, but that is, I, people ask for advice. I don't give advice. I'll, I have an automated message that tells them to go talk to you. Mm. <laughs> and to be honest, like, I don't even know them anyway. Yeah. It'd be insane for me to think that I can give them yeah. accurate wisdom for their situation that I know nothing of. Mm -hmm. So I don't even waste my time. I couldn't possibly do that. But um, even if I wanted to. But that's a, another boundary that I've set is I just don't yeah. interact on any significant level. Yeah. With there, women and I remember um, this brings up a feeling that I have uh, from the past where probably one of the reasons we have this boundary is because um, somebody messaged you on one of the social media platforms and, and um, it was really insignificant, almost like, you know, where do I go to, to get your books? And you gave them the, you gave them the, link and then they followed up with another question and you answered that and then they followed up with another question they were insignificant but continually got a little yep. bit more in depth and I think I was looking over your shoulder or something I don't remember how or maybe you were showing it to me and I was just like I yeah what is this what, yeah what, what's going on here and you know what this is a it's common it can happen so quickly so I, I believe it's Ravi Zacharias tells a story of of something that happened with him mm. he's a pastor and a woman emailed with just some needed some advice all very 
very innocent, like, hey, this is going on with this, my mm-hmm. marriage, or I just need some biblical wisdom. I, and over months and months and months, kept emailing, kept emailing. And then he noticed it started getting really emotional, like mm-hmm. like connected. And then she started sending him really inappropriate stuff. And he, mm-hmm. he was like, it was at that point, he's like, I made a huge mistake from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. He had to go to his board. He had to get, he pr- printed out all the emails, like try to get as much exposure right. uh, and accountability as quickly as possible. But mm-hmm. the point is, is I'm not interested. I don't even want to be led down the rabbit trail. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for you, like, it's, you know, you get, I see messages on your page sometimes and it's just a guy that says, hi. Yeah. I delete. And then I, if, first of all, if anyone ever just messaged me, hi, guy or girl, I delete it. <laughs> like if I don't know you and that's how you start a message, all that it t- tells me is you're trying to bait me into something. Mm. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so yeah, I, I tend not to engage in a significant way yeah. with girls on social media. Okay. Should you remain friends with exes on social media or otherwise when married? How would you feel, babe? If I had, if I was following, first of all, I don't follow any women anymore, <laughs> but if I was following my ex-girlfriend, the only one I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a hard question because when you say remain friends with, it's like, are, okay, are they on your friends list and you right. see a post from them every once in a while, or are you like actively engaging in their life and being friends with them? What, what, on what level would you not care? Uh, good question. <laughs> I guess, I mean, I, I guess it, Depends if if you and your spouse don't care that you have you know friends and family that you follow that are I would, females. I would say this: if you cared, I would definitely change what I was doing in order to accommodate your heart and what you care about and what you if even. I, if I cared like that, you were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you can have friends uh, exes, and the relationship was just and that you're just totally friends, and it's, there's nothing weird about it. I, I don't know. I, again, a discernment, and I th- think that should be prayed about. Are you thinking about that in your case, Jennifer? What <laughs> do you do? You follow the exes? I don't know. I don't think so, but I I could go check. Uh, I don't have that many. <laughs> uh, I know that's a that's a bonus. <laughs> uh, okay, where are we at? Should Christians have jobs where they work closely with the opposite sex? And what if their spouse doesn't like it? Uh, those are two different. Okay, um, <laughs> so I would say it's probably inevitable in some cases. To work with someone, yeah, closely. And I would say, do your best to do, do whatever you can to be transparent, to that. be a, above water on all that, and and have accountability, and make sure that you're alone as least as possible. If you, to be honest, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would. I don't know. I, yeah. I, that's a that's a hard one. I would. If you're like alone often with someone of the opposite sex, I'm probably thinking of like police officers. Like, <laughs> like police officers have a a partner. Yeah. So. I think that's something for the spouse, the spouses to discuss. Absolutely. Because that second question is really important. What if your spouse doesn't like it? I know that if you like going back to the other question, if you if I was doing something that you didn't like, I would heavily um, It should heavily be considered. Yeah. And prayed about because it it could potentially be um um yeah, I think talk about it, pray about it, discern it. So um should pastors meet women alone? I tend to lean on the Billy Graham rule. Like, I don't think, I, I just don't see how that could, th- there's so many capable women in the church that should be able to counsel and encourage and love and teach another woman. That's a good answer. The first thing that came to my mind are all the headlines of pastors who have, um, you know, failed in this area of. It's a huge, it's a huge thing. It, it, this is a, 
I this is one of the ways that the enemy is taking down churches. Yeah. Is seemingly innocent situations that turn not so innocent. And so me personally, um, I'm, I'm not going to. <laughs> so uh, I wouldn't encourage any other pastors to. There, like I said, there's plenty of, of capable, talented, wise women that can sit down with a woman. and Or someone just to be in the same room. Or, right? you, or you bring people into the room that can be there. Yeah. All right. Last question. Is it okay for um, someone to pray for the opposite sex in person? Like, I would imagine like, like an intimate prayer. I'm, I'm, I have my hands on you. I'm praying for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, again, I, there's, I don't want to just make a blanket. Let's just tell them what we do. What we do is as much as possible, I'm going to say, let me go get someone to pray with us mm-hmm. and I'll go grab my wife if you're around mm-hmm. or I'll grab another woman to do it. It's rare that I'm in a situation where I'm not with you. Yeah. Uh, where someone wants prayer. Yeah. Um, but I, I would just try and make sure that prayer is a super intimate thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you're literally interceding for someone in the throne room of God, in the spirit, like it, it's an intimate thing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, first because so, they're communicating their heart to you about whatever the matter which is. Which is another intimate thing. And then you're going on their behalf, which means there's an agreeance there that this mm-hmm. thing needs to be prayed for. So so again, I I think if, if the norm is that there's always accountability if the norm is that there's always another person present that's mm-hmm. the norm there's going to be situations i would imagine that are out of the norm but those should be the exceptions yeah. to the rule not the rule and if you've built that trust up over the years it's gonna i don't know well because you never know like there, there might be a situation where you're out, out in public and and just the, the holy spirit brings someone to you and oh and sure like right so i can't just throw it all out but i, I think if our our initial position is protection is, is boundary. Then those situations will be much more rare Mm -hmm. and pure, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I would also say like in all of these questions and all of these scenarios and all of the things that could possibly happen in our lives and have even having boundaries or not having boundaries in marriage, like, are we listening to the Holy spirit? Are we actually um, letting him lead us and guide us, or are we just operating mm-hmm. on our own in our own ways? Um, and being because, whimsical and yeah, just going with the flow. And because yeah. we are going to be put in situations. And what my encouragement and my challenge for us and for everyone listening is even in the smallest of moments, are we listening to the Holy Spirit? Because he will guide us and he will let us know if we should be there or not, if we should do that or not. And the Holy Spirit is not going to ask us to do something wrong. Yeah. And so we got to know how to walk in wisdom and yeah. understanding and discernment. The Bible tells us to, to practice our discernment so that we can be expert discerners, mm. testing every situation. That's what the Bible encourages us to be and do mm-hmm. as believers so that we're not just like, I had no idea. Yeah. That, what? I'm, I just got caught off guard. I didn't even see it coming. Well, we should. We, we should see it coming. Mm-hmm. We, we should discern, wow, this is uh, I, this person looks like they're hurting, but it, it seems like they're trying to emotionally connect with me in a way that I don't feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ask for help on this. 
So th- those are the kinds of things that I'm, I'm thinking about. And so as we close, um, I, I mentioned earlier, <laughs> this is a long episode, but I mentioned much earlier in this episode how um, I was going to give you a couple of questions to ask yourself. So we talked about just generally uh, boundaries with the opposite sex outside of your marriage. Um, but then in that is, if there are any of you listening that do have really close friends, people that you go, like you're a husband and you go spend time with another woman. I, and people are, most people are pretty like, what? But this happens. They have a close, good friend and they go spend time with this person alone and they talk to them and they share things with them and they're, and they are best friends and vice versa. You have women that have best friend that are men that are not their husbands. And so that is you. I, I have some questions for you to ask yourself and your spouse. Also real quick, I want to interject with some justifications because sometimes we hear something, but I, I want to take it a little bit further. If, if you're right now thinking justifications or excuses for these relationships, such as I've known them my whole life, they're like family, they're my best friend. Uh, I knew them longer than my husband. Do, do all of those things trump the fact that you should be considering what Aaron's going to say right now because right. I think it's important to just evaluate so, that too. Um, these are actually questions that you should ask your spouse. And mm-hmm. if you're not willing to ask your spouse these questions, then you should ask yourself what relationship you have with your spouse. Are you honoring your marriage? Are you honoring them? Do you respect them? Do you actually care what they feel and think? Do you want them to know that you love them? Do you like, these are things that come if, if you can't ask these questions. So if this is the, if this is your situation, uh, Here's two questions I want you to consider prayerfully asking your spouse. First one, how does my relationship with so-and-so make you feel? That's a big question. Have you ever thought of it? Have you ever even asked it? They probably have never said anything to you and you're probably thinking they're totally fine with it. And it's possible that internally they are having a huge problem with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they feel inadequate. Maybe they feel left out. Maybe they feel like, well, what does he have that I don't? Maybe like These are all legitimate things that your spouse probably feels. Second question. Would you like our relationship to be different? Our relationship as in the marriage or our mm-hmm. relationship as in the friendship? The friendship. Mm-hmm. You're asking your spouse, would you like this relationship with this other person to be different with me? Because it could be, don't cut it off. It needs, ch- it needs to change. Yeah. And so that's my challenge to anyone who's in that situation. And uh, all that being said, we like to end in prayer. We hope that this encouraged you. We hope this gives you something to talk about that you guys, that the, that the heart would not be, here's the new rules that we're going to run. The heart is how can we represent Christ better? How can we protect our marriage? How can we strengthen our marriage? How can we build more unity, more friendship, more love, more compassion and gentleness and tenderness and power because of all of these things uh, so that we can accomplish the that which God has for us to accomplish. So uh, Jennifer, would you pray us out? Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the Marriage After God podcast and the opportunity to share your truth. Thank you for all the men and women who tune in and are positively impacted by the messages you encourage us to share. We pray for our marriages. We pray protection from the enemy. And we pray and ask that you would continue to mature us. We pray we would consider our relationships with the opposite sex and that we would be thoughtful and discerning with them. I pray that we would deeply consider our spouse's heart on this matter and that we would yield our opinions and desires to you and to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Thanks for joining us on this week's episode and we look forward to having you next week. Don't forget to leave a review, get that free download and uh, see you next time. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron.